everyone and welcome back to another episode of My Dog Has Fleas. Today joining me we have Carlos in the studio and we're going to be talking about dog walking equipment, the benefits of such equipment, tips to keep in mind when you're out. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, first things first, let's talk equipment. So what do I use? Me, Rihanna, not you, we general. <laughs> um, what do I use? So I use a variety of leashes and different lengths. Um, I have a flat collar. Um, I use a martingale with Amelia because she is a bit of a, a flight risk. Um, and I use a harness. Um, it's taken me some time to kind of pair harnesses with with positive things for her. That's my that's my kind of my equipment list. When I'm walking dogs that I'm doing for my dog walks, I have a waist leash and then I have a bungee cord um, and I hook them up to whatever um their their humans walk them on what what do you do what do you use honestly right now i only have a leash uh because i stopped training for for a good bit i'm leaning more towards getting getting a bag of, of equipment myself mainly since i'm working with small dogs it'll be pretty easy to have some standards um but at the very least what length is your leash with me uh i have a regular six foot leash oh okay the I last have, one um, I worked with was on a flexi leash, though, but uh, I swapped them to to the six foot six foot leash. Ah, yeah, I have a nine foot, fifteen, twenty, and I have six foot. It could be shortened or lengthened. It's a dual end clip, so both ends, um, and you can kind of make it what you need it to be. Uh, I find Amelia walks really well on the nine foot. She's not a dog who feels comfortable Ooh. sticking close. So I right. give her that little bit of freedom and our walks are really well. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about harnesses for a second because I think there's a lot of conversation about uh, opposition reflex. So there's like some information out there that it exists, it doesn't exist, it works, it doesn't work, dogs have it, they don't have it, whatever. I'm not sure. But to me, whether or not it, it it's um, it's real, I don't know how to say this, Um a harness is a great piece of equipment because it removes the stress of pulling from their neck and it distributes that weight evenly uh, across their body. Um, and you can use a front clip or a back clip. And I have had success uh, walking with dogs on a front clip. Um, and that has decreased the amount of pulling. Some dogs, it's like night and day. You put a harness on them and it's like, boom, they're like, all right, yeah. what's this? I don't. I don't know if it's the restricting effect it has. Um, and, you know, like I just had a client and they were walking their dogs on a collar oh and there's they're so cute this couple and they were like um Rihanna she pulls a lot and I was like okay and I said what did you what are you walking around and they're like oh it's a collar and I was like all right cool um have you guys considered a harness and they're like oh you were told not to get a harness and I was like why and they're like because mm. it pulls more um and oh. it was uh, not pulls more in the sense that the dog is going to drag them but more damaging in the sense of damaging the dog and I was like Oh no, like it's not damaging. It's, you know, there are different kinds of harnesses. You want to make sure that you get one that doesn't impede like their their natural movement, that sort of thing. One that doesn't like close up and 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 cause more restriction. Um, they have like Martindale type harnesses. Um you kind of, you know, you want a nice well-fitting harness. Um, and I was like, no, like get a harness, you know. And I I I told them, you know, try to find one with a front and a back clip. So front clip is there if you need it. Um, it, it can help you. You can use both clips, you know, to keep balance if you needed to. And then you have a nice back clip if you wanted to provide some freedom and just let your dog kind of roam on a long line if you're still working on like recall and that sort of stuff. And um, so they bought the harness and beautiful harness. And uh, she's like, oh, she walks so well. <laughs> and I was like, 
really? And she's like, yeah, so we've been, you know, we've been doing our little field trips and things like that. And, and she is doing amazing. I, I don't know how she was before. Um, but just from the lead that came through, like on her form, it was like, she was dragging this poor lady down the street and her arm, you know, was coming out of its socket. Um, this woman wow. did fall one time and she did break her wrist and, um, something else she broke um and it was not totally like the dog's fault I think it like was a slipping accident it was on ice um the dog was obviously there and could have um you know been the one that pulled her a little bit but um she's really enjoying the harness and I was like wow like I've never had someone come to me and say like they thought it was damaging for the dog and I was like no 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 like for me personally, I love a harness on a dog, especially puppies, because puppies don't know. They don't know that um, if they run, there is a certain length on a leash and they can get like clotheslined, you know. Um, so they're right. going to run with that whole collar and that entire thing, run that leash length and then boom, hit it at the end. And that could really hurt them. That could really cause some damage. So I was like, no, uh, let us put them on a harness. And um, and yeah, so I, I personally like it. Yeah, and when you're um, when you're using the leash, they're likely already like when you're using the front or back clip to really use it. They're likely already in motion anyway. Um, that's why we love we love using the front clip because they're likely already yeah going somewhere. Um, so they're they're in they're in motion, which yeah usually makes it so you're just saying okay you're gonna be in motion, but towards here. And then you make that into the, a fun, playful thing for, for them to, mm -hmm. to not feel like I'm not getting to go where I was aiming to mm -hmm. go. And, and like you said, with, with puppies, they're just going. Yeah, <laughs> they really have no idea these going. poor guys. Oh, so, yeah. They're so cute. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's so heartbreaking. Like they're like gung-ho, fling themselves and boom, yeah. hit the end of the leash. And it's like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, because even, even the, the best trained pup, I'm thinking, on its neck, uh he's doing really well and he's probably the shy one of the litter or the shy one in the class and i'm thinking the moment that he is not i don't want to find out um because not necessarily that he just didn't listen rather that his uh neck sustained some kind of injury from yeah um yeah. receiving the the entire weight yeah of, and having uh, that front clip also helps with like like you were saying like directions right so like if you have a puller um or you need to lead them you know sometimes that gives you like a little bit of uh an upper hand on like trying to guide them away from a situation whereas if you had them on a black uh the back clip um all of their force is forward and you're kind of like it, it can be a little bit more tough to move them in sticky situations and this might be a bit extreme, but if you watch, uh, unfortunately, this happens, right? If you watch when two guys are about to get into into a tiff, before arms or, or, or fists are thrown or anything, uh, the people that are guiding them away are actually having, they have one hand on their chest and trying to to guide them away from pulling them away from the, from the fight. They're not, True. they're not pulling them by the stomach, by, by the neck. They're, they're putting one hand on their chest, flat hand to say, hey, let, let's go this mm -hmm. route um one because they're you're not going to harm the, that per, the person that way um right. and it gives you a little bit more more control but then i don't know how they're using their their other hand but i know for a fact one hand is, is on the chest and yeah. hey let's 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 walk away and you're hopefully yeah. they hopefully they start walking from you and the moment they they turn that hand goes to to their back um and if anything you use your other hand to say let's go that way let's go sit over here um let's go do do whatever which is kind of almost what we do with dogs is hey don't do that let's go do this 
instead. And I tell people with, uh, especially ones that have kids as well, when your kid's crying, um, you put your hand on, on, on their back or even better, you hold their hand and you go, let's go do something else instead that you'll likely enjoy even more. And then we can come back to this later. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Um, diffuses the situation, definitely doesn't make anything worse and it's not harming the other person. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I really like harnesses and like, as your dog gets better, don't be afraid to swap them out and, and see how they do on a collar. But to get started, I always say, let's try a harness first. Um, you know, and, and there are so many harnesses on the market. Like there are harnesses with padding. Uh, there are harnesses with less padding. Yeah. There's harnesses with handles. Um, yeah. You know, so look at what suits your dog. And, um, you know, like I had a, I had a dog that was like a, a longer coat dog and they had a harness on this dog for whatever reason, whenever like this harness was on the dog, that hair never grew like so it was a longer coat dog so the rest of the body was growing but not not where the harness was and I was like that was quite interesting I don't know what about the harness kind of impeded the growth of the hair like it wasn't even flattened it was just not growing like half the body so um but find one that works for your dog um and, and try them on you do want to make sure you have a good snug fitting harness you don't want your harness to be too loose um you want to make sure that it's fitted well so you know you get yourself into situations the dog is pulling or you know um it's not damaging one side of the body or yeah uh, and i think most vets will recommend uh that you can slip at least two three fingers yes um, yes in 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 that in that harness but yeah for me it's definitely always been um because uh, like this is where the fear comes from right that their dogs will still pull and that's we you and I know it's it's from a lack of proper training, um, but I am much happier with a dog pulling from a harness than one pulling from a collar on its on its neck. Um, but obviously they're not outside the entire day, so they likely don't need the harness the entire day anyway. Um, and I've so many times used the harness because there's a lot of dogs that are that are not necessarily too into it, but use the harness as a if they don't really enjoy it, make it fun, and that adds as an extra. Um, mental game that they kind of have to figure out. They don't have to wear it at that moment, but if mm-hmm. if they only have to wear it when you go for a walk, then it's 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 a lot to ask. Yeah. For. But if you use it as a as if as if you were bringing out an actual food puzzle, bring out the harness and do some fun exercises around it, and then don't go nowhere. Leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Don't even put it on. Leave it at that. They realize mm-hmm. that it goes away if they're if they are cool about it, and then next time a little bit more, and and so on. Yeah. Um. Did you say you use a flexi leash as well? It depends on on the on the dog. Um, Lilo, for example, she could honestly she could be without a leash, and she is uh, really good. She is she is what she does need to learn, and this is with or without a leash. When a dog does greet her, which usually it doesn't really happen. It's mostly when she's off leash in an indoor space. When a dog greets her, she learns to walk away, mm-hmm. but she naturally does that to pretty much all things outside. Mm-hmm. She walks away from them, and she she checks in quite a lot which is really the only instance where I would use a leash is, is her because very few dogs are able to, to do what she, what she does. Mm-hmm. But for me, a flexi leash is, I trust this dog to a point where I almost don't need a leash, but I, I also yeah. want to give her more room. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's used to it. And for a lot of dogs, I'd say any, almost any other dog, a flexi leash, no, I need to swap that out for, for something yeah. else. 
I'm not against flexi leashes when used in, um, you know, the right scenario. So like, first, I'd like to address um, living in Brampton, there are a lot of people that are walking their dogs on prong collars, and they have flexi leashes on the dogs. Um, Uh, This is a no no. So prong collars, (laughs) um, I don't, I don't condone the use of them. Um, you know, yeah, the no. device itself looks quite barbaric. Um, you know, you're not teaching the dog how to walk, you're punishing the dog as it's walking. So um, uh, I, I don't think that is an effective, I'm not going to call it tool um, device. But when you pair that with a flexi leash, you are really just confusing. Asking for it. I, yeah, yeah I, like uh, the sense. way that a flexi leash works um, it has to remain taut. So the dog has to pull in order to get that length out. The whole mechanism of it being retractable, it, it has to have some tension on the line in order to retract within itself. Um, so when you put a prong collar on your dog and you put a flexi leash on top, like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> That is counterproductive. Like, did you want the dog to pull, but not too much? Like, then, you know, and you're giving it freedom, but you're like, wow, I'm just so that's, that's the thing. Exactly. Goes goes back to what I just said about the flex leashes. I trust this dog pretty much fully. Just yes. like any any individual, you can't control exactly what they'll do, but do you have trust? Yes, that's why yeah. you let your partner go to the mall on their own because you, you trust them. Mm-hmm. So same thing with, with the leash. And it's a uh, flex leash. And it's funny that you said they have to pull in because I haven't even thought of it that way with her because she doesn't actually pull mm-hmm. with any leash she just walks and 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 it goes um mm-hmm. but i guess she, she's technically pulling for it to go to go further yeah. out so yeah. she can go into that but grass it, area it, or whatnot. it's not looking like a full-on like pull with a fixed no. length leash no. it's not looking but like no matter what end. leash i were to use with her the moment we're stepping out i'm telling i'm telling this dog i trust you with yeah with no matter how much room yeah. you take um space you take from me but with a flexi leash on a on a prong call it's like having your cake and eat it so i, I yeah. trust you but i i don't actually um, and i just and confusing it's just really it's it's a really sore site like it's really hard to digest when i see that um but just going back to the flexi leash on, on a regular like so if you were walking your dog and um you were in a park or something and you wanted to give your dog some more freedom um, you know, you can use a flexi leash. I would definitely be looking at the flexi leash that you are using. So there are flexi leashes and they are done by weight. Um, you know, some yeah. of these flexi leashes are like a little piece of string and some of them are yeah. like tape. So just know that they can snap. Um, you know, if you are yeah. taking your dog, you know, long lines are also really good. They are fixed length. So you will have to be reeling them in um, when your dog is close and, you know, releasing a little bit of the lead when they're exploring. Um, but those are like other options. But you know, if you have a an extendable leash, uh, I, I would be following kind of in your in your footsteps and saying like, yeah, I do trust you to to be on this thing, um, and, and that you won't pull. You know, if they're fifteen foot length leashes, uh, you get to fifteen feet and you're like, all right, I'm still going. Like, <laughs> you know, like let's have this is the radius. This is the this is our boundary, and they kind of respect that, and 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 you understand, you know, yeah. um, uh, this is how it works, um. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because um, I, I don't think they're terrible. I just think they need to be used correctly and in the right scenario. Um, and I did want to talk about puppies and walking. I think this is very important. This is something that I see a lot. Um, you know, young puppies, and we're talking about puppies that are still in their socialization period. Uh, I think it's more important about exposing them to 
to things, letting them investigate, be curious, explore, um, rather than put a lot of restriction on them. So looking for a, a young dog to walk in a heel position, which is not normal for your dog to mm. do anyway. So please don't do that. Um, but uh, at least for sustained periods, um, but having them um, walk, you know, and exploring and being free on the leash and 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 kind of um, doing doing dog things. Uh, that's more important to me than having your dog um, sit at like every uh, curb and um, when they are pulling, you stop. Like the, there is a time to teach loose leash walking. And, and I think during this time, it's so critical that I, I don't want to restrict them because I want to nurture all of that, that good stuff. Um, I want to make sure that they are getting the proper exposure and they're not having negative feelings of me possibly stopping when they still want to continue or, um, you know, uh, feeling like, um, sit is a punishment or, or, or that kind of thing. You mm. know what I mean? Um, so, um, when you are with your puppies, you know, and, and you're exploring your environment, bring treats with you. Uh, I'm not saying to let your dog just run wild, you know, definitely manage them and, and have some control over like their behavior. So like they're not running into the streets type of thing. Um, you know, use your redirect sounds. Um, you can work some training on your walks and things like that, you know, in, in, in mild distractions, uh, you don't want to throw them into uh, a crazy park with a, a ton of people and then start working on things. Um, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing so uh, with a plan in mind. Um, but, but I think it's really important to stress that puppies need to, um, they need to explore, they need to wander, and you want to foster that curiosity and give them the choice um, to help them develop into confident dogs and, and a dog who enjoys being with you. But yeah, because then what happens otherwise? Right. What happens otherwise? And this can be just uh, their demeanor, uh, no, no matter what, even if you do, if you do things right, um, a lot of it can still be their demeanor. But when you end up in a um, play session or a class or a social setting where there's someone there, like our play sessions, um, you touched on two words. Well, one uh, mainly is the curiosity. If, if the dog doesn't have that there, I, I almost can't even allow them to stay. Most do by nature. They're curious animals. Right, but if if that curiosity is something they don't, ever, they're not even ever allowed to have from a young age uh, in right. one way or another. Once I bring them to a social setting and that isn't there, it's telling me they don't want to do something, and I can't train that. I can't, I can't, I can't make them believe that they want to socialize when or be curious about a social setting when they actually don't and they're not capable of getting there. I'll try. It's already there. It's it's much much easier, and just a matter of they just need the right setting. So I, that's under my control. But if the curiosity is not there, um, yeah, it's probably that crucial socialization period where they wanted to naturally be curious about everything, but they gotta know, they gotta sit, they gotta don't do this, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, more so because of us rather than oh, you know, we're telling them no because they're gonna lick a a, a power outlet or whatever, so it's dangerous. Right. <laughs> It's likely not that it's because they're they're saying, hey, I want to greet someone, somebody and I might jump because I don't know better. But we're saying no. And then maybe we're punishing, we're scolding. And at that point, OK, well, I can't say hi to anything or, or no one. Mm -hmm. I can't do anything. Yeah. So I'm scared to do something when it comes and, time and, to actually do things. And too much restriction can cause frustration. Right. And then you have other behaviors now that are coming along with it. Um, 
And it's the same with, with people, I guess, right? And I actually had, um, I know on another episode, we were talking about uh, a specific dog that you were working with and their um, their pet parent, um, where there was one that I was talking to recently where I, I went as far as uh, talking to them about why uh, maybe the family or someone in the family has considered using more of a punishment-based method, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, and I went as far as saying, are we trying to control something? And they responded very quickly with, yes, I think so. I think we're trying mm-hmm. to have something in our lives that we can control. And eventually, dog get the short end of the stick on that one. So, yeah, the sit, the stay, the don't do this, don't do that, restricting. Is it a, you know, what are we we, we doing? Are we looking for ways to, to give them more trust or to yeah remove that completely so it, yeah it, it's quite a lot but having the right tools yeah um, and, and thinking about yeah. even human beings like do you want to be micromanaged and controlled like in every aspect of your life and in everything that you do or do you want to give them some choice and allow them to kind of be <laughs> um right. you know like when you're learning a new skill or or you're at a job um your boss you wouldn't want someone you would not enjoy being under someone who was like Carlos, have you done this? Have you done that? You know, um, and you would want them to trust that you are getting your work done. Um, and I think trusting, trusting your dog is big. Um, and, and trust your puppies. I know they're young. <laughs> I know they're young and we worry that they're going to get things and they're going to put things in their mouth and they're going to do some things. Um, but, but work with your puppy as well and, and build your relationship so that they, they can respond at a young age, you know, um, puppy proof your homes make sure that things that they shouldn't get into um they're not getting into uh so that when they are exploring they're doing so in a safe way um uh try to i I, just less restriction and a little bit more we can always tone down behavior right Um, and and what was it what was the main ideas you wanted to discuss uh tools right or the um, equipment which is is part of uh, baby proofing Mm-hmm. Um, yes. things for dogs so so it's safe but also it re- eliminates the scenario where you're going to scold them because they they went into into the kitchen if you just have a a gate or remove a, t- take away the um mm-hmm. the, the carpet that you or that one rug that you really don't want them to to go on it's the same mm-hmm. thing as with the flexi leash or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever leash or going to a dog park or making it so they have full reign of the house what you're really saying is i trust you and if they haven't earned that trust yet, then then be aware of that and, and say so. Because I'll ask clients, do you trust your dog? Uh, no, I don't. And they're a little yeah. bit satin to say that. Mm-hmm. But the, it's you don't fully trust a four-year-old, which is why you don't leave them alone. And mm-hmm. um, you're not ashamed to, to say that. It's it's okay. Just get to a point where you can trust them so they can be alone. Because there's yeah. good things in, in that as well. So, the, yeah, the, the tools, the equipment that you use. We could write a whole a whole book about what we what we recommend because yeah. there's so much that we that we can that we can suggest. Yeah, and then so now moving away from our equipment, we got that down. We got them on a harness. We decided what leash we're going to walk them on. Um, so now we're outside and we're in the environment. Um, you know, remember that walks are for your dogs, and uh, this is the only outlet or the opportunity that they get to kind of enjoy their environment. And you want to make it fun for them. You. Um, if you're not having a good time, um, your dog is giving you a hard time, something is missing. Um, and I would say to, uh, just scale back on your training and look at, look at what's going on. Um, you want to practice your skills in low distracting environments and build up from there, you know? So, um, 
for example, if your dog is walking in an area and there's grass on both sides and they're kind of doing this zigzag type of thing and, um, you know, they're pulling you, um, you know, can you find somewhere that maybe there's grass on one side and then that way they're not pulling you in all different directions and they're just staying to one side and their their nose is to the ground and, and you guys, you know, you're just enjoying this this walk together. Um, you know, so look at look at kind of your setup. Um when you when you're out there um are yeah, it's part are, of your equipment yeah um and okay. actually this makes me ask you when would you not take a dog for a walk what would a dog have to do what would the scenario have to be you said the word relationship what would the relationship have to be with the with the family or pet parents for you to say today we're not going for a walk we cannot go for a walk yet because so I don't know if I want to take away the walk entirely. So we're, I know we're not talking about like a reactive case, um, just talking about like your average dog who's happy-go-lucky and, and just maybe a little bit too speedy um, out mm -hmm. there. Um, I would look at, so at some point I'm taking the dog out. Uh, it's just that what, at what time and what have they done? I would look at their day, mm -hmm. you know, so activity wise yeah. during the day, what kind of mental en enrichment have you had? What kind of physical exercise, physical exercise have you had? Maybe that was running in the backyard. Maybe you were chasing down a toy. Um, maybe you were just like, you were doing something, going up and down the stairs. I'm not sure. But if your dog is pent up in the house all day and their only outlet is to go outside, I think we need to back up and we need to look at that um, because they are going to give you everything that they have when they, yeah. when they exit the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is going to be like flying a kite. So I would um take them out at some point but after I've done something so I've kind of um given advice before on like stimulating your dog and working them and you know um trying to get rid of some of their energy and then I'm kind of backtracking a little bit on that now because I find that that could be a little overstimulating and that could just like careen and keep going back onto the walk so fetch or playing with your flirt pole outside. All right, I've done that for 10 minutes and I'm going to go for the walk now. Well, they're probably still amped up <laughs> from that. So that yeah. might not be a good idea. So not every dog gets overstimulated by these things. And sometimes these, these exercises do work before you exit your house and you you go out. Um, but some dogs, they just don't get enough in the house and um, it, it, it can be difficult. So I would kind of look at the big picture and, and see how I can add some things to their day that will help me out on my walk uh, to keep up with you, keep up with the dog. Um, like, why are you pulling? And then looking at reasons why the dog is pulling, you know? So like, is a dog pulling um, because I'm walking too slow? Uh, am yeah. I using an extendable leash? And, um, you know, the leash is always kept taut. Maybe that's uncomfortable. I don't know. Um, are we in the right mood to even walk? Maybe I'm irritated and, and it's not really the dog. Um, yeah. the dog could be stressed in the environment. It's not conducive. Um, and they're having a hard time concentrating or they're frightened, overwhelmed. Um, you know, the equipment going back to that, is it comfortable? Is the collar comfortable? Um, is the harness comfortable? Is it, you know, in their armpit? Is it, um, obstructing their movement? Um, or you're like, you correct the dog for pulling too. Like that could also be something. Sometimes things backfire, uh, when we're, right. we're working with dogs. Um, so, uh, there are a bunch of things, but I would first look at like activity level in the home. And then when I'm out there, I've done all these things and these things are still starting to happen. Um, I would start looking at other, um, options, but 
but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would take the walk away entirely. I would just mm-hmm, right. review what we've been doing. I've had walks with Amelia where, oh man, she came out guns blazing. <clears throat> was like, I'm going. And it was like eight seconds. No lie. We walked down to the driveway and she was like, oh, I'm out of here. And I was like, oh God, like I wasn't in the right headspace. So that is mainly why I didn't take her. Normally, like, you know, you know your dog as well. Um, Amelia, going back, she is a fearful dog. So she does move a little quicker and she is a scanner. She's always observing what's going on. So I understand that this is something that she needs to do, but I myself was not in the right headspace to walk her that time. So uh, I chose to come back in and maybe, I don't know, have some sugar and then go out with her where I could keep up with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, that's exactly what I mean. It's um, uh, people being able to recognize, uh, self-evaluate. Right now, yeah, I'm not, I shouldn't be on a walk. I want to, but maybe in five minutes, I'll be able to. Um, do a walk same same with their dog a lot of people that uh, reach out for for walk on a leash I am likely going to spend maybe 20 percent of 15 20 percent of the session actually walking outside because the dog has likely already started whatever behavior they're they're doing indoors and I know there's some definitely some relationship building to do there Um, yeah like you said with enrichment as well what's what's going on um, to figure out why the things that are happening are happening Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough, definitely. Of course, with a reactive with a reactive dog, but uh, yeah, and yeah, and when you do venture outside, um, stay close to home. So there's so many times yeah. that people venture so far from home, or they have this route in mind, and then they get so far, and now things are going downhill, but they're so far from home, so they've got to go all this way back. Right. So my advice usually is to set a timer and not a distance. So I'm not walking you three kilometers, but I'll stay outside with you for 45 minutes and we can kind of work around the home. And I think it was Grisha Stewart who kind of said work in a pedal formation. So you kind of go around in a pedal, but in your home is the center, the core, and you you keep coming back. So if things you know, your dog becomes reactive or over aroused, something's exciting them in the environment, you're you're always kind of coming back home um and then that also helps with like um frustration of of being on the leash and stuff like that so like uh we don't have time in in this podcast to talk about it but um when dogs become frustrated on leash and they start biting the leash or redirecting on the person and sometimes that happens towards the end of the walk um and it could just be like anticipation or overwhelm of being so far from home so like you know uh just reevaluate and kind of see how you can venture a little further to give them a change of scenery, but not going too far so that, you know, your, your training, it's, it's going to be more manageable. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I focus on that as well on the, when, when are we going further? Not just that we're going further. And luckily for us, the dog's never going to turn to you and say, why, uh, where are we going or why are we going further? Rather, um, they come home yes. knowing how they felt about, uh, whether they went or didn't go, didn't go, um, further and mm-hmm. obviously preventing is the best way to go about it and they won't ask you why we just took around closer they'll just know that it, it didn't feel bad so I yeah. you know more likely to and, enjoy and it next time as well most times they just want to be outside they just want to be outside yeah. yeah and the other thing I would like to say before we end is sometimes our dogs stop on walks and that is totally okay let your right. dog sit and process take in the environment and just be present and just be present with yeah. your dog like 
you do not have to to just keep walking with this mission in mind. Like, give them breaks and let them enjoy. We think if they stop that it's sort of like that you have put it in your mind that, oh, we're going to go for this half hour walk. We're going to go here. And if they stop, it's like the clock also stops. Like, I but yeah. for the dog, as far as the walk, for the human still outside. So, hey, I only have 30 minutes, so we have to keep going. But the, mm-hmm. that's where I find a lot of disconnects with people in walk. It's not about where you're going. Yeah. It's about when and how you're taking every step of it. And your dog's fully aware of this, but we're not. Like We lose that disconnect. Of, it's not about what store you go to at the mall. It's how, how much of an amazing time you have with the friend you chose to take there. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, to what you did. You remember how you did it and uh, when. you Did you go because you were having a bad week? Because you were having a breakup? Because um, you were sad about something or happy? That's likely <laughs> what you'll remember and that they were there for you. Not that you visited five stores instead of four um, or the amount of time, right? You don't remember the amount of time of, of a concert. You know how amazing it was so that you you want to do the next and who you want to do it with and, and all that stuff. And to wrap up, um, you know, loose leash walking skills, just know you're not going to accomplish that in one outing. You need to be oh, very yeah. consistent <laughs> and it takes time. And it's going to take however long it takes. Um, but, you know, each time you're out there, work on it. And I'm saying not the entire walk is like, you need to be loose, like give the dog some freedom and let them be and work on it in small doses, you know, make sure that you're having a lot of breaks because that solidifies information, right? Yeah. So I hope this podcast helped, um, you know, even if it helps one of you, that's, that's a plus. Um, But I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thanks again for joining me, Carlos. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.